Season 2, Episode 25, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. We're going to take a look at Jesus' temptation in the wilderness by Satan. After 40 days and 40 nights of not eating anything, we're going to look in the books of, uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 1, a couple verses. Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. All right, uh, I'm going to start including the parts uh, because I've kind of tried to explain that, but uh, part 6 covers episode 24 to 36, and it's the beginning of Christ's public ministry and what A.T. Uh, Robertson calls the year of obscurity, and it's because... Matthew, Mark, Luke don't uh, participate in anything after this lesson on the temptation of Christ. For 26 through 36, 11 verses, um, or 11 episodes, it's all the book of John, which is very interesting to me. If we lost John, we'd lose the first year of Christ's obscure ministry. Uh, this was uh, probably a restful time. He didn't have crowds harassing him yet at this point. Uh, he does his first miracle, and, and you could argue that when he goes, he's, he's starting to become famous here. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't pick up until uh, A.T. Robertson's episode 37. All right, so... Um, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospel for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's The Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Also use eSword app and biblehub.com commentaries, dictionaries, etc. All right, so... Uh, where did uh, the three temptations of Jesus take place in the wilderness? In the wilderness of Judea, probably A.D. 26. And we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And immediately... I mean, things are happening quickly. Uh, the baptism of Christ, Christ comes down at, at the end of, of the last episode, 24, and reveals himself to the world, to, to John the Baptist, his, I, I would say, first cousin once or twice removed. But anyway, um, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Now, just as a little note here for students, learners, uh, in, in Mark, this, this word spirit was not capitalized. But in both Matthew and Luke, it is. So all the letters in the Greek language that the Bible was written in were only caps at this time, and capital letters. And so, so is true with Hebrew. 
So capitalizing something is a the choice of the translator from the context, hopefully from the context, from the context. Um, Mark, the other two, some people argue that Mark was was uh, the first gospel written and the other two kind of used that as a guide. But all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So I think God is the one driving the train here and using uh, the writers of the gospel, the writers of, of the Bible, to of the New Testament, the eight writers, or nine if, if uh, well, we'll just go with eight. Uh, the writer of Hebrew, I think, personally, I think it was either Paul or uh, James who wrote the book of James and Paul who wrote eight other books of the, no, 13 books for sure. All right, anyway, and immediately the Spirit, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit, driveth him, Christ, into the wilderness. So... He's led into the wilderness. I'm, I'm looking at a picture that I got offline from a, I just Googled map. Uh, well, I didn't, this is not a satellite picture, it's more of a photograph, but, but you can, you can satellite stuff and look at it. And it's just, you go east or west, especially if you go east, you're out in the Arabian desert, which is absolutely a sea of sand. Uh, but there is moonscape both east and west of the Jordan River. Today there's a lot of irrigation and going on, things like that, but it doesn't take you very long going east or west to run into a place that would be very uh, empty. And it would be easy to go without food for 40 days and 40 nights because there's nothing there. So anyway, and immediately the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, driveth him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness 40 days. In another gospel, it says 40 days and 40 nights. Tempted of Satan. I don't think he was tempted the whole time, but he was tempted of Satan. And was with wild beasts. So I don't know what they're eating. Maybe they were looking at him, but that's not going to happen. And the angels ministered unto him. At the end, I think they ministered unto him. Maybe they, they I don't know, gave him some... Uh, emotional encouragement. Anyway, they uh, ministered to Elijah who went 40 days without food at the end. In fact, they cooked him some bread, made him some bread on some coals. And Moses was up 40 days and 40 nights uh, getting the Ten Commandments. Those are the three guys that did that. Okay, Matthew, well that was, uh, we took a look at the first two verses here, Mark chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 and immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness and he Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 turn to if you want to Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 through 11, and I might have thrown some other verses in here that I will get to as we go through. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Then was Jesus led of the Spirit. This one is capitalized. The Holy Spirit. Into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he, Jesus, had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward 
hungry. And when the tempter, which would be Satan, came to him, which would be Jesus, the tempter said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. If he'd have done that, that would have been his first miracle, because he, he did make the water into wine. And I, I taught kids for many years, high school, middle school kids, and most of my teaching was done with high school kids, but at the end it was uh, middle school, but uh, which they're both great. And when, when the tempter came to him, and, and I would say, you know, why, why would it have been a sin for Jesus to turn stones into bread when it wasn't a sin for him to make water into wine? And the point I try to make with him is timing. There are things, and, and I'm talking to kids, you know, your parents have, they're married. They can do things that it's not time for you to do. And timing makes sex, for lack of a better word, rather than a euphemism, uh, timing is everything with the Lord. And sex inside of marriage is a wonderful thing. Outside of marriage, it is fornication. So, I just wanted to throw that timing thing into that little verse right there. And speaking of, uh, it's also another, on the next slide, he's going to talk about uh, where Satan tempts him to jump off a building. And he says, well, let me just go there. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll come back to this. Okay, so, and when he had fasted 40, he was hungered. And when the temper came, tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. I'll come back to the point I wanted to make. Uh, ch Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 5, Then the devil taketh Jesus up into the holy city, which is Jerusalem, and setteth him on the high pinnacle of the temple, which is a pretty amazing building. The, the disciples marveled at it from the Garden of Gethsemane, right at, at the very end of Christ's ministry on the earth. Anyway, um, and he said, Not one stone will be left upon another, and that occurred in A.D. 70. So when they sold their, when the early Christians sold their houses, they weren't going to keep them anyway. The Jewish believers weren't going to keep their homes. They were run out of Jerusalem and scattered around the world. They didn't get back to Jerusalem until 1948. The devil takes Christ up into the holy city. This is the second temptation. Into the holy city. And setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee. And in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. That's uh, Psalm 91, uh, which you can listen to if you're so inclined, rather than me. I was thinking about reading it, but I, I'm not going to. You could go to uh, Season 1, Episode 25, and I did a podcast on Psalm 91. It is 16 verses, but I've memorized it. I review it. 
not every day like I used to because I got, just got too many memory verses to do that with. But the program I use called Verses, pretty easy to remember. It's a, an app on my phone, Verses. I'm sure they have Android and, and Apple. I have an Apple, but but it uh, it's just great. Um, it's free for the King James anyway. But um, but uh, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow by day, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, COVID-19, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noondays, the riots that were going on, whatever. Um, I just find a lot of comfort in Psalm 91. So if you want to take a look at that, go to Season 1, Episode 25, and you can take a look at my the beginning of season one was verses I'd memorized. That's where I started, and then I got off onto the book of James, and I got into the book of Acts, and I got into the book Gospel of John, and then I decided I was going to do the harmony of the gospel. Gospel. So I'm going to do John again, but in chronological order. Okay, I said I would go back and talk about prayer a little bit, about tempting the Lord. Thou shalt not tempt. It is written concerning the. Oh. And well, and, and Jesus said, verse seven. Sorry, uh, Matthew chapter four, verse seven. Jesus said unto Satan, "It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Well, that that came up to me today. Uh, uh, I even put something on Facebook about it. But I, uh, I, uh, I love what. Um, there, there's a way to avoid that with a prayer. I I had a very mundane, very low-priority prayer today. I was out cutting my grass, or which is quite a project, but uh, trying to get it done. I, I spent about an hour cutting some of it. And anyway, I, um, I at least most of them, I have, anyway, moving right along. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. I was thinking about that verse. Philippians 4, 6, if you want to turn to it. Philippians 4, 6, Philippians 4, 6, because I think it's worth looking at. A lot of us that have memorized this verse. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything would be the positive way to say it. Well, I guess you got the word don't in there, don't you? So, Be careful for nothing. Be care-filled for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, even mundane things, that would fall in the category. It doesn't have to be, I have a father, protect my son as a police officer, as he faces uh, danger. And, and, and this is the way you don't tempt God, is, is the next verse. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Well, let me finish this story here about... about about this mundane prayer I was because praying for my son is not mundane it, it's very very near and dear to me but sometimes I do pray about little simple things like today I was mowing and I wanted all of a sudden it just the sky went black I mean the clouds came in quickly which happens a lot in rainy season in the tropics and uh, I wanted to finish mowing the part I was mowing and I said, 
I was thinking about this verse. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, even simple, stupid little things, be careful for nothing. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And I, I said, you know, Father, I'd really like to finish mowing this grass before it stops raining. Nevertheless, and this is the where I'd, I'd like you to look at Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. This was Jesus' prayer. I've got a, an episode. I didn't look up the episode on this. Sorry. You have to look it up for yourself. I've got a, a podcast on Mark 14, 36. Because it's such a great prayer. Very comforting for me. It's the one that Jesus prayed three times in the garden the night he was betrayed. With 24 hours later, he was in paradise with the thief on the cross and Abraham and all the saints, all the Old Testament saints. I think Adam was there. They were all there waiting for him to lead captivity captive after he rose from the dead, which he did on the first day of the week. When he said to Mary Madeline, don't touch me, I'm not yet risen to the Father. He told his disciples they could touch him when he came back. Anyway, and he said, and Jesus said, Abba Father, I like to address God as Abba Father, especially when the chips are down. Not necessarily about not getting wet in the rain. I don't think I said Abba Father. I just said, God, this is, you know, it falls into the category. But I didn't test God because I said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. And I love to say that because however it turns out, if it's what I want or not what I want, it's, if it's what I will or not what I will, it's, it's been answered. He can say yes or no. I'm not, you know, tempting the Lord saying, oh, well, you didn't answer my prayer or you did answer my prayer. I, you know, I, I need to go to Las Vegas and play the roulette wheel or something. Anyway, just talking about prayer a little bit because I think, uh, Jesus could have done these things and, 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 and he t said don't he's not going to tempt the Lord and making the bread into stones into bread would have been sin because of the timing of it. All right, we got one more temptation to go here. At least uh, we got we got another we got Luke after this chapter, but Mark uh, chapter four verse eight. And again, the third temptation here, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them. I, I, I don't know why I think about the movie Aladdin, but, you know, kind of, he goes on a carpet right around the world. But anyway, the devil has shown him the world, all the world has to offer, I guess, the, and the glory of them. And saith unto... Jesus, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship thou, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him. According to Matthew. You know, the devil obeys Jesus. And the devil, le Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. I think this is when the angels ministered unto him. 
Let's take a look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, and the three temptations of Christ in the wilderness by Satan. Okay, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So, there's no question here that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it, there's no question in my mind he's led by the Holy Spirit into the sense, but I don't think he'd be led by Satan. That, that evil spirit would not have anything to do with Christ. No demons, no nothing. They all do what he says and give him a wide berth. Anyway, verse uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 2, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. I would argue there was nothing to eat. Of course he could have made food, and he didn't. But And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be, so we're going through this Luke's take on these three temptations. And the devil said unto Jesus, if thou be the son of God, command these stones that they may be made bread. And Jesus answered Satan saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So, it was a real fast carpet ride. Um, sorry, I, I don't know how he did it. And the devil said unto him, unto Jesus, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will, I will, I give it. Now, Satan is called the god of this world, little g. Okay, I think that was, came about in the Garden of Eden. And uh, it explains a lot in my mind why there are problems here. But it doesn't explain the beauty of the night sky or the amazing things that happen here. And if you want to go with evolution on all that, go ahead. Big Bang. There is a Big Bang, but it's when the, there's a new heaven and a new earth because the old heaven and the old earth pass away with a big loud noise. Read the, read the book of Revelation. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will, I give it. As far as I know, that's that was truth. But it explains a lot, doesn't it? But if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. I don't know if it was a lie or not. It doesn't really matter. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. That's exactly what he said to Peter. When Peter came to him and said, You don't need to go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. That was right after he had just praised Peter for saying that he was the son of God and how that uh, God had revealed that to him and but uh, anyway get behind me Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only 
shalt thou and him only shalt thou serve. And if you don't, if you're looking these up, and I don't know who is, if you turn to Deuteronomy six, Deuteronomy six, Matthew, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse thirteen. I'll read it to you. It's just one verse here. Deuteronomy six, chapter thirteen. I mean, chapter six, verse thirteen. Deuteronomy six, thirteen. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse thirteen. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. So that was the closest verse I could find for it is written. And uh, that, okay, verse 9. Okay, Luke chapter 4, verse 9. And Satan brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, which is the largest building around, and said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Take a look at Psalm 91. Uh, or listen to episode 25, season 1, episode 25, to my 25th episode, season 1. All right, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. I think this is a promise to anyone that dwells, on, uh, he that dwelleth he that, oh, now I can't even say the verse, Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A lot of promises there for, I, I claim those promises. And I told you I fell the other day, and I, but I rolled really well. So all that airborne training of hitting the ground and rolling when you parachute landing fall, still doing me good. But I was kind of surprised that I fell, but... I, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I, things happen. Verse 12. And Jesus answering said unto Satan, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. <clears throat> I don't think I tempt the Lord God in prayer when I said, Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Abba Father, keep my sons safe. They're both pistol packing peace officers. One in, in D.C. and one in Dade County. And I say, keep them safe. But I'm at the point in my life where I can say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I'll see them again. I've gotten to that point with my wife. I do not want to bury my children. I do not want to bury my children. I do not want to bury my children. But I trust the Lord to, to, to know what's best. And maybe that sounds cold to you, and maybe you could never pray that. I'm telling you, it's been a journey of 48 years before I could say that. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but verse uh, chapter Luke four, chapter four, verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, I think he pretty much ended it when the Lord told him to end it. He departed for him for a season. I guess he comes back. Uh, I know de he deals with demons. I don't know if, I don't remember when he deals with Satan again. 
but I'm sure Satan, Bruce, is behind the crucifixion. Garden of Eden, that, that Satan would bruise his heel and, and Jesus would bruise his head. All right, um, I will say adios to God. And I will say vaya con Dios, which is go with God.